Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, 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 oh. Why must it feel so wrong when I try and do right? Do right. Hello, you're listening to the Playlist Podcast, a discussion about film news and other film-related items. I'm Ryan Oliver, and I'm here with Rodrigo Perez. Hey, Rod, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm good, and uh, we're back. Uh, It feels like we just talked about Infinity War, but, you know, as the summer goes... On to the next one, on to the next big thing. Um, Yeah, that's right. So we're here, uh, this time we're here to discuss uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, They've screened it quite early. It's about almost a little less than two weeks until it's released, the night uh, that we're recording this. Um, I'm assuming this... this, It doesn't come out this weekend? No, it comes out Memorial Day weekend. Uh, Deadpool 2 is out this weekend. Oh, wow, that's right. And Well, okay, you know, the other thing is, you know, I mean, whatever, it's like, you know, when they release it, blah, blah, blah. But, like, it's, that's a big deal for a Star Wars film because uh, I think this is the very, this is the first Star Wars film of the Disney era, era that they screened beforehand for, for press. Um, every other film has been, like, screened, like, you know, maybe a day or two before it came out. Yeah, or the um, week like of, super, at the very least. No, not even. Like, super last minute. Like, you know, like, maybe Wednesday and Friday. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. Like, and, and critics um, have all done their interviews without actually having seen the film. Um, that's always the way it's gone. I think you, in, in some cases, like, you know, like I remember I did press for Rogue One, and we got to see, like, you know, just under 30 minutes of the movie. Um but, you know, no one was, no one, like, you know, I remember for, like, Jedi and for Force Awakens, um, you know, nobody saw the film in advance. And, and um, you know, I think there was, like, a day or two lead time before it was hit, hit theaters, you know? Right. And, this um, is... and so this is a big deal. Not only, not only are they letting, like, press seat in advance, they're seeing it almost, like, two weeks in, in advance, which is, like, kind of crazy. And it, it might have to do with the fact that it's, the plays that can today that's what i was gonna mention um, next <laughs> yeah and, and you can't you can't like you know it's like you can't just screen it for everybody can and then you know not have anybody else see it i don't think because uh, yeah and maybe that's why but it is kind of like it's sort of telling in a way either they're um letting their guard down or they're kind of like fuck it i don't know <laughs> yeah it's hard to really say or, or because uh, no worries and and maybe it's because um, i've started to notice this trend uh especially during the summer where um like the to like the big movie out this week is deadpool 2 but they're already screening right. solo and i've right. noticed this sort of like getting ahead of the competition sort of thing where they're like okay well this movie's building buzz so we got to kind of piggyback off people's excitement even if it doesn't have any overlap that it's still it seems like a one-upsmanship sometimes or at least it has been feeling that way at least in the like last summer it felt a lot like yeah 
it's weird. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. It's, can might be the big thing though. You know, who knows? Yeah, but I'm either guess way, that is. A, you know, just for anyone listening who doesn't know, it's just, it's a pretty big deal for for um, Lucasfilm and Disney to show a, a Star Wars film early. Like you know, it's pretty. It's de rigueur for you know any other movie for the most part. And um, but you know, Star Wars um, and Lucasfilm just hold the the keys back all the time, except for this one. So it'll be interesting to see if that becomes the way going forward or if solo was a bit of anomaly or what you know it it'll be interesting but i guess you know with that note why don't we just dive into the movie um sure, itself. Sure. yeah so i'll 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 kick it over to you um what were your initial thoughts on the movie i know the movie had a lot of baggage going into it you know we we talked about it on the podcast last summer yeah. the firing of phil lord and chris miller and then ron howard came in to the production and steered it finish line apparently reshot 70 percent of the movie um so there's a lot of production turmoil uh to it so that almost that makes it even more interesting that they screened it in advance um that far in advance so i'll just uh, yeah i'll, I'll just yeah. say uh, i was just gonna ask you like Go ahead. Did, did 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 that baggage stick with you watching the movie did you have that going in or or uh was it or was it lifted um like did the movie kind of overcome that baggage for you i mean you know i think any kind of uh i don't know you like i always say you know check your expectations at the door and like you know check all that stuff at the door and, and i'm you know i think i'm pretty successful at doing that most of the time and you know i don't really i mean you know you're obviously aware you know this this huge unprecedented thing happened you know directors from a gigantic temple hired fired like with two weeks left to go. And there was obviously so much drama last year. It was such a big deal. And, you know, uh, Ron Howard's version of the film was apparently, you know, 70% of it is what he shot. Um, and, um, you know, Lord Miller apparently saw a cut of it. Um, and, you know, during one of the, before they had signed on as, or before they had, you know, relented, I guess, on a, uh, an executive producer cut, they, uh, or, or title, they they saw the thing, they saw the movie, a cut of it, Ron Howard's cut, and they immediately decided that like you know we're not going to protest this or anything because it's definitely not our movie, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so to that end, um, I, I guess the, the first thing that just strikes me about Solo is that how um, I guess there's two things about it. It's just it's um, it's kind of Ron Howard to the T in the way that it's like. Um, very safe um and and very competent uh that's always kind of the case with his movies um there he's a veteran um he makes very reliable dependable movies um and their your level of engagement with them varies from movie to movie because some of them are kind of um you know tedious and, and banal and, and some are less so um i would definitely say that this is one of his best movies in a long time um, but, uh, you know, at the same time, you know, you, I don't think we can completely, you know, um, I'm not sure if we can totally, like, if we're going to use the word blame, I'm not sure if you can totally blame, um, the familiarity and sort of conventionalness of Solo on Ron Howard, because apparently he reshot the exact same script that, um, Lawrence Kasdan and his son, Jonathan Kasdan wrote. One of the issues that Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm had was that, Apparently they were veering off script um, and improvising and doing all this crazy stuff. And, and uh, 
Lawrence Kasdan was apparently pretty upset about that and was one of the, you know, sort of like, you know, calling up Kathleen Kennedy and being like, what the fuck are these guys doing? You know, they're not sticking to our script. They're just kind of, you know, doing whatever the hell they want. Mm -hmm. Um, That coupled with um, the fact that um, I think they were behind schedule and it seems like they took a lot of time to do a lot of different setups and a lot of different things. Um, I think all of it sort of, you know, crescendoed into a thing where, you know, they eventually got fired that, you know, Kennedy was uh, totally pissed at them. Anyhow, regardless of all that, that backstory, I think a lot of people know about it. But yeah, like Solo itself is like, I'm surprised I like it as much as I did, even though I kind of don't like it that much, if that makes sense. Like, I'm very mixed about it. I think I, I gave, I wrote my review today, um, and I think I gave it like a B minus slash B, but like, it's just really a B minus, I think, you know, I think that's more accurate and fair. Um, solo is, um, it's got great action sequences. I like that, 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 um, the very first uh, set piece, the, um, the big heist of that train thing is awesome. It's really exciting. Um, it's really, really well made. It's just like masterfully crafted in, in a sort of like perfect way. Um, but it's just kind of, the script is a little bit balls, um, and um, uh, yeah, it's, it's such just, balls. Uh, it's such balls, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. So like, that's what I guess I was. I think there's there's so many things that I'm sort of very like, you know, meh about, and I think are very like, um, very banal, and and yet I enjoyed some of it because of sort of the. I don't know, Star Wars trappings that I guess I like. I I don't know if I was a big Star Wars fan if I would really like it that much. I'm yeah, that's what you think. Um I, I think you're even a little kinder than than I am. I, I yeah, was, yeah. I, like I'd I'd probably veer towards like a C minus. Like like I'm I'm not wow. yeah, I'm not trying to be like hyperbolic. I just was mm-hmm. I felt such a very lack of engagement with this movie. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and it, and it's too bad because from the from the opening, uh, it's not really a title crawl. It's just kind of title text. I was kind of, yeah. I was kind of locked in. I was like, "Oh, this is interesting." Like, th- it's like, uh, you know, th- we we're seeing this world like outside of the rebellion and the empire, but they're feeling the the sort of hand of the empire. Like, they're feeling that yeah. wrath. And I think I thought that was interesting. But then the movie kind of just it just dives headfirst into being. I won't say kinetic, but just fast and just moves at, at such a clip at the start that I just had trouble finding footing with this movie. Um, and I, I wrote a couple things down. Let me see if I can and pull them up. It, it was mm-hmm. weird. I um, Hearing that it's the exact same script that Phil Lord and Chris Miller were working on mm-hmm. kind of makes sense because I, I felt the reshoots not necessarily in tonal inconsistency inconsistency or um story structure all that made sense all that is completely competent and completely well mm-hmm. made um so i guess kudos in that regard but like i guess like you said that script being balls it's just like the line readings are so much there's so much telling instead of showing yes. like every yes. emotion Absolutely. and every character motivation is told uh especially yes. like so much of solos he's like you know i've been doing this i've been in 
running scams on the street since I was 12. I'm going to be a pilot. And it's like, but none of that is conveyed on screen in a way yeah. that's like a, a natural. Convincing. Or, yeah. yeah convincing. No, totally. There's some really, there's some really clunky tin air dialogue. I actually, my review got so long. I don't think I got a chance to mention that, but yeah, the dialogue is, is pretty um, on the nose and ham fisted. And the idea that like, yeah, I'm going to be like, the greatest pilot in the galaxy. Like that's something that you like a line that's like tolerable in like a comic book. Totally. You know, but like it doesn't really it just sounds like fake and and sort of cornball in a movie. Well, it feels like it's so obvious that it feels like the sort of like postmodern humor that Lord Miller bring to like 21 Jump Street and the Lego movie. Like, if it was played for, like, broad, over-the-top, like, we're playing with the conventions of that in a in a movie or um, like this or with the tropes of this, that might have made sense, like, given the right tone. But, like, here, because it's played so so earnest and straight, because, I yeah. mean, that's, you know, to his, for better or worse, that's what Ron Howard does. He does everything straight-faced and earnest as all hell. But, like, those lines... Here, but it's not it's like just... the script doesn't really call for that. You know what I mean? It's like it's like you said. There's a lot of stuff that's just like showing, not telling. Yeah, uh, or telling, telling, not uh, showing. And and it, and it's I don't know. If, like it's right there on the page. I don't know how much of it that is. You know, Ron Howard's like oh sure sure uh, failures. You know, right? Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, it just maybe would have worked with a different tone or a more playful tone, but it just. And maybe it wouldn't have. I it's it's really hard to say. Um, it, it's ironic to me that, and I think you mentioned it a little bit in your review, but it's really ironic that like coming off the heels of uh, the Last Jedi, this movie that's thematically about letting the past die and like moving on from old things, that here's a movie that's like really really safe and really really like nostalgia bait. Yeah, totally right. It's the exact opposite. Yeah, it's it's really strange to me. And I just, I guess for me, I, I just felt, yeah, I just felt really disengaged uh, with it. Um, it, it just it just felt like, um, you know, you, you mentioned like Ron Howard's movies can feel so safe to the point of being tedious and banal. And that's how I felt with this movie. It was like, just, I felt myself checked out for large sections of the movie, just just a lot of not caring though though i will say some positives um that train sequence you mentioned is like really masterfully done and it it reminded me of um of the uh nintendo 64 game shadow of the empire uh there was a train sequence or train level in that star wars video game um that it reminded me a lot of so i thought that was kind of cool um, oh yeah now i'm remembering that and uh i think um Phoebe Waller Bridge as Lando's droid brings this movie to life for about a good twenty minutes. I I, I really really enjoyed that character. And, wow, and, I'm kind of shocked. About. I really, I kind of really did not like that character. Oh, interesting. I don't know why. Maybe just because like I don't know if I necessarily found it funny or it just felt somewhat spontaneous in a movie that it felt really like stuffy and not very interesting right. until that point like it's it's one of those things right. where it's it's hard to hard to say I, I i guess i won't go to bat for it being funny but it would just like it just it gave something to the movie that i wasn't um it, um that just felt like it was missing and i guess speaking of things that were missing i like sort of like that 
the textures of this movie like there's ideas going on that aren't really like they're just kind of in the peripheral view of the movie like yeah. these these themes about like war profiteering and like the sort of like apolitical side of the war i mean it it's it's not an apolitical movie but it's the closest in a star wars movie i think we've gotten because we see how the people on the outskirts from the empire or the rebellion live um like th- those ideas are interesting and they're there but uh, but they're all just kind of in the background and they don't really come out it's just all kind of about this heist that's that's just fine it's just fine that's weird it's like i don't when people call it a heist film i don't really see it as a heist film at all well i mean there um, i guess there well, is a heist i mean maybe there is a heist but you know you think of like heist films and the tropes of heist films and um I, I see it just more as a kind of classic adventure film. When I think of like heist films from like, you know, like, I don't know, like the oceans films to like a heat or something like that, you know, like I just don't, I don't really feel like it's much of a heist film, I guess. I guess. I mean, it's, it's, I guess, like you said, it's probably more akin to a, to a Raiders of the Lost Ark, like where there's a heist in that movie, but it's not a heist. Movie. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's something like, um, a friend of mine called it more like um, uh, the, the Last Crusade, where it's just a bunch of these characters going on a kind of adventure, and you don't kind of like, um, you know, it's just they're kind of there already. You know these characters, you don't really learn anything about them. Um, I mean, that's certainly one of the failures of the film is that like you don't learn anything new, and all all they do is fill in the holes of like everything about Han Solo. I don't know if we're like. We haven't really gotten into spoilers, although you kind of mentioned a little one in the beginning. Like, or I guess we should. Are we like in spoiler territory now? Like, uh, I mean, we're not, but if you want to, we can pivot in that. Well, direction. I don't know how much of it's spoiler it is, because I mentioned it in my review, and I, you know, try and keep very uh, non-spoilery. Um, but like, you know, like every beat of this guy's life is 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 that we know about is is mentioned in this movie, like. You know, like if I'm writing a Han Solo movie, like honestly, like, you know, I'm not a screenwriter, but like if I'm writing a Han Solo movie, one of the first things I'm going to do is I'm going to write down the things that I'm not going to mention because they're or not going to put into this movie because they're too obvious. And so, like, I'm going to go like, OK, I'm not going to put in the Kessel Run because everyone's going to expect that. And I'm not going to put that in this movie. That's going to stay as a sort of legendary thing. And it's either like something that like ends up like happening like it's it takes place in the events between this and and the next solo movie or or if there's no solo movie it's just you know what i mean but like there was a lot of things that i just wouldn't um I would literally write down like every beat that's that's been mentioned as a kind of legend and i'd, I'd avoid them I, it's like there's no reason to um i don't need to see we already know that han solo won the millennium falcon in a in a uh, a gambling thing so you know that why do why do you want to just see something that you already know the fact of? You know yeah, what I mean? That, no, it and the movie does that about every single beat and everything that we've ever known, um, and it's just really frustrating. It just seems like uh, okay, and you know, like that just reminds me of the prequels. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like it's just like you just like here's every possible beat that you've ever heard about this character. And you know what? I'm just going to fill it in even with more like, you know, like his last name and 
all this stuff that they just I don't know. It's like you know, I like the you know the maxim you know like uh, more mystery less history, and and this one is all like just history. Like let's just take you through every beat of this guy's life. Um, that that um, I mean it's an origin story, and yeah, you know you want to know um, what happened, but like do you really need to see like like a greatest hits like of of every story that you've ever or every boast or everything that he's ever done you know like I, I short of like like you know hey there's a nerf herder and this is what it looks like like you know it's really scruffy looking like they, they it's like <laughs> everything you could possibly mention um is included in this movie it's true and it, it's um oh god i forgot about the name we'll we'll save that for spoiler but like that yeah. that was the thing that kicked me out of the movie pretty much immediately at the at the start was was that that thing um it, it, there's so much so much obviousness that there are characters that do not appear that i expect like i'm not going to mention them until we get to spoilers but there are people yeah. where i'm like i'm surprised they didn't put that in the movie like, yeah totally there's, there's definitely at least there's two major characters that do not appear in this movie that you would almost expect given how everything else is sort of like you know, made beat for beat. Exactly. And and it's so weird. And I, I, I feel like, um, you know, uh, I won't spoil anything until we get to that section, but I feel like the movie sets up for more. Uh, I, I feel like I could say that without, you know, it, it's yeah, I mean, it pretty fair. You know, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of temples set up there. Yeah. Their it, next it's story. setting up for That's another movie standard. and it's, and it's weird that it, and it get, and it goes with that telling and not showing that like, you know, when we first see Han Solo in A New Hope in the Mos Eisley Cantina, you know, he he is a, a scoundrel. Like, he, he absolutely is. And this character wants to be that. And I guess maybe that's, like, the central conflict is this, this version, this younger Han Solo, like, wants to be this, like, daring pilot. And he's like, I'm not a good guy, but he really is a good guy. And Yeah, like, that, the, that was kind of... But uh, it wasn't, like, it, it wasn't, again, not convincing and not that interesting and it's just setting up for like oh okay we we know the thing that's going to happen that's going to make him i guess maybe be more hardened like we already see that uh by the end of this movie and so it's just kind of like that's and and it's also not an interesting way to do that if they continue with more of these solo movies it's kind of yeah like, i mean that's the thing with the you if you do continue with more solo movies you need to um harden him even more like you said and you need to like um make him even more morally gray and you need to i mean i suppose by the very end especially by one of the events that happens you know like that sort of moral grayness comes out of him but i still feel like and maybe because it's, he's supposed to be young but there's a sort of like idealism in him and this kind of like wanting to do the right thing that doesn't really feel like it's in character and then again no. maybe like life does stuff to this guy that sort of like really hardens him but like you know like you know a lot of the stuff that he says in you know a new hope that defines who he is you know not just things he says but it very much like the definition of, of him is someone who's um very much out for himself yeah, absolutely um, and 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 through circumstances of, of you know a new hope he and a lot of it being guilt right is is um knowing like you know like one of those key lines in in you know his return i think is i think his arc in in a new hope is really earned you know what i mean yeah 
this this guy, he's a scoundrel. He doesn't give a shit. He's like, why am I fucking here? You know, he's griping the whole time. He's like, we better be getting paid. Like, you know, he's just like, because that's who he is, right? And and um, yeah, he's got a bounty in his head and all that shit. But like, I think it's you know, that's just kind of who this guy is, right? And you know, there's that really kind of telling line near the end of A New Hope where they're like. Like Luke says, like, you know what these people are up against, right? Like, we, we barely have a chance as it is. We really need your help. And it's such a, like, key line. And, and Solo kind of just, like, ugh, like, you're right. Like, fuck, you know? Like, uh, I'm leaving these people high and dry, and they're probably all just going to go off to their deaths, you know? Yeah. And And it's almost one of those things where it's, like, in a movie, it's, like, the character's driven off, and then at one point just, like, hits the brakes and turns around and goes back, you know? Absolutely. And and that's kind of I feel like what exactly happens in uh, A New Hope, and it's earned in that way. But it's because he's got a whole movie to sort of like you know, you know, get to know these people, wrestle with everything, and and I don't know. Yeah, it's just like I'm not sure it's the the same Han Solo. Then again, maybe he's young and it's different. I don't know. It's yeah. just it just isn't quite. It's not quite there. I, I could have stood for. Um, a much more morally gray character and the ending, which um, points to like, you know, some hope and, and people, um, uh, you know, like I guess people who aren't necessarily part of the rebel Alliance, but maybe one day would be part of it. I was kind of really disappointed by that whole thing. I really feel like it should have just been, I just like mercenaries on, on top of mercenaries and just, you know, it's a, it's this, what I find really interesting about solo is the, I'm always really into the sort of the texture, um, that these films, uh, even if they're not completely successful, I, I, I really like some of the texture of the new films, like the texture of rogue one and, yeah. and, um, uh, the sort of the political nature of it and, and sort of like the texture of this world that's, you know, like there's a, there's a, uh, an extremist in this world, you know, there's this person who's, who's, um, like Saw Gerrera, who's, um, who's seen his friends and family killed by the empire and, and he understand and, and, and this th- situation is so dire that, you know, um, he decides that, you know, you have to take, you know, uh, uh by any means necessary, you know, and that's kind of interesting texture and texture in solo is that it's very much a very cruel dog eat dog world out there. You know, um, there's a lawlessness in this period. The empire is starting to like hold and, you know, tighten their grip on, um, you know, the galaxy. And, and meanwhile, like, you know, everything's re- ruled by crime syndicates and it's pretty like, you know, bleak in a way, you it know, is, but only if that... that tone matched the texture. And I think that's an issue for me with this movie is like, sure, the, sure. Yeah. I mean, those textures are there and that's all fa- fine and interesting. Mm-hmm. There should be a sense of danger, but this movie doesn't give you that sense of danger. That is true. That's totally true. And, um, that that's kind of one of my especially like you know and I didn't really put that in my review because I couldn't I couldn't really you know get into those specific things but the the ending is um in a way kind of kind of contrary to the spirit of some of the ideas in it where it's like sort of like it just feels like oh we got to get a little bit of hope in here we got to get a little bit of like you know um and and it would just make sense to me to to keep the spirit of like you know the cutthroatness and, and everything's just, you know, uh, you know, be careful about everyone because people will betray you and, and yeah. it's, and it's rough out there. And I don't think to have that out there and that ending, I, I don't think it, it hurts the movie to, to have a kind of, uh, 
that that sense of hope that the movie injects it i don't think it does i don't think it really does the movie any favors it's like the weird contrast between uh the road warrior and beyond thunderdome like the difference between those two movies like like where the road warrior is like a wasteland dog eat dog world i mean there there's earned redemption in that movie but like the 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 sort of nature of what happens at the end of this movie like really reminded me a lot of the third act of Beyond Thunderdome and and where that movie sort of sort of loses me as well. That's um interesting and I think that's valid too because I think I mentioned in like you know there's a sort of kind of dystopian kind of Mad Max quality a little bit for sure like maybe like to the idea of like how rough things are um for in in the sort of galaxy you know yeah absolutely like it's it's there and it's it's also I think before we do pivot into some spoilers, I think one thing we can agree about, because you wrote a pretty lengthy paragraph about it in your review, is the cinematography in this movie for, by yeah. Bradford Young. Um, and again, it, it's all, I'm not going to say it's it's wasted, because it's visually, it, it's just too bad the movie doesn't match the sort of visual power that uh, that he gives it. Yeah, his cinematography is, one of my friends joked that it was like, it was just too much, and, and that it like was just too um just too desaturated, like almost trying too hard or something. I don't know. I thought it looked really great. And, and, and the movie kind of like, I, I think in some ways I'm trying to like, I, I am being too nice and too generous on it because some of the look and the production values and all, I, I think this movie looks like a million bucks. I think it, it looks, looks great. Like fantastic. Um, some of the, th- some of the, like, you know, the sets and, and, you know, it's just so much, it looks, some of it's so practical and so set driven and, like everything looks so real, and, and I'm, you know, there's obviously CGI in parts of it, but some parts just seem like just these gigantic sets that are like very, very real, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I really admire and love all that kind of stuff and the cinematography that goes along with it. The way, you know, the the color and contour that it gives that stuff, I think, is pretty, pretty awesome. I agree. Like from a technical perspective, I think this movie yeah. is like really strong. It's just, um, it's just so much of it you know you 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 just don't care like and it's a shame like i it's such a lazy critique but it's just uh you know it's just no it's it's true i mean like ron howard is just a very um he's a craftsman he's a he's a kind of in some ways such a great filmmaker but he rarely gets to the heart and emotion of characters and stuff like that he just puts something on screen that looks really good did you see his last movie the um the whale movie, the Moby Dick thing. Uh, in the Heart of the Sea? I didn't yeah. know. I think the last movie um, of his I saw was Rush, which I did like. I did like that movie quite a bit, actually. I didn't really like Rush. Um, but um, In the Heart of the Sea is very... Um, it's kind of like this movie. It's problematic with its characters, and it has very little to say. And, and But it looks so good, and the action sequences are awesome. Um, some of it is just like... I, maybe even some of the action sequences are even better. And, and like, just like there's some really, really fantastic kind of uh, even awe-inspiring stuff in that movie um, from an action and CGI and, and, and technical level. Damn. Um, so he's really, really got the goods and that kind of thing. But he's just never been able to, um, yeah, kind of like unlock the spirit of people or really give super insight. And, and But then again, like you said, that script is like, um, it's balls you said it yourself yeah. it's the script is balls and i think yeah. that's the, the ultimate downfall i like i won't say any performance is like fantastic but nobody's necessarily bad in this movie either they just don't have a lot yeah to that's, work with. that's 
Right. That's the pro- another problem with this movie is that maybe in the, maybe it's the script. It's like everyone's like good or fine, mm-hmm. but I can't say that anyone's like remarkable in this movie. There's not one person who stands out as like this is the MVP of this movie. Like even like you know everyone like I think a lot of people thought Donald Glover was going to run away with this movie. That's definitely not the case. And uh, you know Alden is good. He's not amazing. Um, I don't think there's any there's any one person that like stands out as being really great. Other than you know, I, I gave a shout out to Paul Bettany because I thought he was really good as that character. But it's not like that character is very depthful. He's very one note. But he I like that note. You I, know li- what I, mean? I, I did like the the interesting like making people like it, it felt like writing a promotional doc except for your life, where he's just like, tell me why I shouldn't kill you. Like actually convince me why I shouldn't yeah, kill you. Like, I like, <laughs> I liked that. I like that, that, that men, the, I like the mix of the super kind of charismatic, elegant, fine taste guy. Who's like, you know, come into my, my really expensively um, tailored place. Please have some, beautiful drinks, have some great food. And, and by the way, I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah. Like I, I really like that kind of like this character is just like, you know, he loves the finer things in life and he's got like, you know, he's got great taste and all this other stuff, but you do not cross this character. Cause he'll fucking kill you. You know? Absolutely. Um, no, I, I, I think, he's... but that's about as much, that's about as much contour he's got, but I did, yeah. I did enjoy that for what it was. No, for sure. Like, like you said, it's it's one dimensional, but but he 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 relishes it pretty well. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering if that might be a good point to swing into our spoiler section. To some spoilers, <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, yeah, uh, yeah. So spoilers for Solo: A Star Wars Story, starting right now. Yeah, actually, I'm just about to watch it now, Jack. I have already seen it. <laughs> anyway, uh, at the end, there's a very unusual twist. Oh! Oh no! Oh no! I know there's a twist. I'm going to spend the whole film guessing what it is. Uh, so I have to at least mention the characters who I uh, thought would show up and didn't. Because uh, oh, I guess yeah, that's sure. spoiler. I totally thought Greedo would be in this movie. <laughs> I totally thought Boba hmm. Fett would be in this movie. And I uh, he's mentioned in in not by name, but Jabba the Hutt is referenced, but he's not in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I assumed he'd yeah. be in it. It's actually two for me. I, I didn't even think about Greedo. I'm glad Greedo wasn't in there. Me too. But um, uh, I definitely expected to see Boba Fett at one point. Um, and uh, I definitely expected to see Jabba the Hutt. Um, but yeah, the the fact that they're both not in there is a good thing to me. Because it's like, it's like that, that's the thing that just all, just kind of drives me crazy. It's like, it's a few, like huge fucking galaxy. It's like there's zillions of planets. There's all over the place, mm-hmm. you know. It, it's like, uh, and and I do get that that Jabba Hutt is referenced because it makes sense because this is a movie about crime syndicates. Yeah. And Jabba the Hutt's he's got a, a crime gangster. syndicate, and, yeah. and and he is a big gangster, and he's one of the. You know, you're going to talk about you know the 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 three four biggest crime syndicates in the galaxy. His is one of them for sure, and and so it's, it totally makes sense to have you know the Hutt clan is referenced, and and that's that's fine. Yeah. I have no issue with that. Um, but yeah, I'm I am a little surprised that those characters didn't show up. I think there's a people were expecting Boba Fett because there is a shot of um um Maldorian um armor in the movie, but like you know, it's like saying 
uh, oh, there's a truck in the background. So there's going to be like, you know, the guy who drives the truck, you know, like Maldorians are all over the place. It's, they're like a race. They're, you know, not everything has to be, um, you know, not one character has to represent an entire race all the time. No, you absolutely, know? and 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 there and yeah, there's so many races and so many different yeah stuff that I I would agree with that. I did want to reference something in your review. Um, you mentioned about the fan service being high. Um, mm-hmm. like Easter egg reference to bounty hunters, which I guess you just yeah. talked about that, but um, a lot of stuff you mentioned here I didn't notice. So either I am not as nerdy as i think i am or i just right. really was that checked out of the movie that i didn't notice any of this stuff they um, reference bosk from empire strikes back oh they do when did yeah they, they're oh. like they're like why can't we get like you know why don't like val um sandy newton's character it's like why do we need these chumps why don't we get somebody else why don't we get this character why don't we get this character why don't we get bosk like there's tons of people we could call why don't we get them you know oh okay. and and there's like, and then there's another part in the movie where like, and those are, this is going to only be two examples, but I feel like they're everywhere. They're like, why don't we go to this planet? Or why don't we, or like, you know, we can go to this planet to get something. We could go to Scarif, which is like a planet on Rogue One. And, uh, you know, there's just lots of little things like that everywhere. It's like, that. it's like, guys, you really don't need to mention every single planet. You don't need to, you know, you know, it's like, it's a big place, you know, it's not like, this is not like. Um, like, I mean, if, if you, I would think about like, like I grew up in, you know, um, uh, in Southern Ontario, um, and, and Lucas's world in, in the prequels, it, it feels like, like the galaxy is, is, is Southern Ontario, <laughs> where it's like, you know what? The galaxy is, is the world. You know what I mean? It's just gigantic. There's India, there's fucking London, there's China. It's like really big and not everything has to be like, oh yeah, I know that person. It's like six degrees of separation for everything, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm always, I mean, maybe it's not that big of a deal, but there's lots of little references. There's um, there's a reference to a Star Wars rebel droid. Um, I'm not sure if it's supposed to be, I'm not sure if it's supposed to be the, the exact same droid, but there's like a, a an Imperial Protocol droid. I did that's, see that. Um, that um, he's from Star Wars Rebels. I don't know. Again, I don't know if it's supposed to be the same one because the voice is different. Um, oh, sorry. I, I was thinking of the uh, not protocol droid. I was thinking of the um, the uh, the the droids from Empire Strikes Back. The ones that go to Hoth and like the scanner droids because there's like a couple of those. So I oh, I, inter- I interrupt. Yeah, I interrupted you before yeah. even knowing no, what no, you were talking fine. about. <laughs> and and then there's. Um, Again, I'm not referencing all of them. I'm sure people are going to catch more, and I'm not remembering all of them as well. But um, one of the uh, characters from Saw Gerrera's um, uh, band of uh, uh, his militants is at the is is one of the characters as part of um, the end of that group of Effen Effen Nest. The character's name is Effen Nest. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, one of Saw's characters, one of his like, his like second lieutenant is part of that crew. Was oh, part of her crew. Okay, I I, yeah. I assumed there had to have been some connection there, um, but I didn't. I I didn't notice that. I think at that point I was just kind of like, is this movie almost over yet? Uh, it's funny. Like, like I was like so locked in and engaged in this movie, and at the same time not liking it. <laughs> that's so strange. I was the, like, I was. I mean, I mostly didn't like it except for some things that I've already referenced, but I, I was just, yeah. I was not locked into it. Like, you know, I know you mentioned, we talked 
uh, at length on our last Jedi episode about like how that movie has four acts. And yet that movie to yes. me felt shorter than this movie. Like, cause I was, just Oh so God, really? Di- yeah. Cause I was just so, so just disengaged with everything happening. Um, I did want to bring up, uh, I like you want to talk about solo's name, right? Oh God. I did want to talk about that. Oh, let me talk about that first. Cause it's really quick. That is the stupidest thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like when he went to go enlist in the Imperial Army, um, which is a thing he does in this movie. Or like we're in spoilers, so I'm assuming if you're listening, you've you've seen the movie at this point. Um, he enlists in the Imperial Army, and they uh, he gives his first name Han, and they're like last name, and he's like, "Oh, well, I don't have one," and so they gave him the name Solo because he's by himself. And I'm just like slapping my forehead when that happened. It was it was. That's when I knew I was like, "Oh no, we're gonna be in for this for the rest of the movie." Like these, yeah, really that obvious... gave me a, that gave me a big groan and groan, and I was like, "That's not necessary." Like, <laughs> it's just silly. I, I, I just, I it was baffling to me. But, um, I, I wanted to talk about the character of Kira because I think in mm. theory, that character is really interesting, but it goes again with the telling and not showing. Like, I like this idea of there's an there could be an interesting contrast here in the sense that han this version of han is like this wide-eyed optimist but really wants to be this like scoundrel the the scoundrel that we know from a new hope um but but he's got this like kind hardness but like kira is actually like kind of that deceiving person that han solo wants to be which i that could have been interesting but it just feels like it's it was like in not necessarily an afterthought, but it just wasn't developed enough. Um, but that, that's something I referenced earlier. Well, I was going to say uh, we know what's going to happen to this version of Han Solo and what's going to harden him. It's because um, at, what is it? Tobias tells him, like, don't be uh, it, it, uh, you won't be disappointed if you assume that everybody is going to betray you. And yeah, assume you know, everyone's going to betray. You. Yeah. And so Kira's going to betray him. Uh you know who's his love and so that's gonna harden him and it's like okay that's that's the route we're going with this i see yeah i mean i i, I kind of like that i kind of like that element of her character um i mean of that... her character i'm just saying the contrast doesn't work as well as maybe it could have uh between the two of them but i don't know maybe that's like how me. so maybe like articulate that a little bit more if you I, can uh i guess what i'm um try and articulate it more than i had already said it because like because <laughs> maybe i'm missing the boat no no no. i was just because it's it's because she i feel like she is the person that han solo wants to be he doesn't know that necessarily yet but like she's deceiving and deceiving in a way that she's going to do what she needs to to survive and get whatever she wants because she's she's orchestrated right. at these, the same oh, yeah yeah these, okay the, but at the same time you know, you keep talking, like, just to, to be sort of fair, like, you keep talking about the character that Han Solo wants to be. I don't necessarily think Han Solo necessarily wants to be a scoundrel. You know, so Han Solo's got very good intentions at the beginning. He wants to, like, get away at the movie, at the beginning of the movie, and take this girl and go off and, and you know, uh, have autonomy. These, these people have essentially been slaves, you know? Right. Um, they're living in indentured servitude. Like, their world is, like, you know, the beginning of that movie is, like, Oliver Twist right yeah absolutely um you know he's uh 
and and so he just wants to, to get out of there. He doesn't necessarily want to be a, a, a crime guy. You know, he well, wanna, yeah, but later his, his in aspirations. The movie. Well, I think it's because later. Well, you also got to remember, like, it's a means to an end. Like, he can do these jobs so he can save her, right? That's this whole motivation throughout most of the movie is to save Kira, right? And then, you know, his motivations shift when he sort of learns that everything's changing. But, you know, for him, it's like, I'm just doing these jobs so I can make some money and get out. Oh, I know, but he I sort know of he's like, doing that. Know, like, that makes sense to me. I Like, right. those motivations are there. I'm talking about, like, the conversations that, like, Kira and han have with each other where he's like oh i'm not a good guy oh i i do these or oh mm, I, yeah, that, yeah that's the stuff i'm Which talking is a about stupid line you don't need to be like i'm not a good guy you know you show that you don't say that exactly well and it just again it goes with that's just so much of the script being terrible and and um yeah. you know and that maybe that's because of that 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 emotion doesn't seep through but like it, that's the type of stuff where um it's not convincing. It becomes not convincing because that to me, is like maybe also maybe somewhere where Lord and Miller were like, this line doesn't work. Like this is, that's lame. That's dumb. Let's try something else. You oh, know sure. what I mean? And, and rightly so, because maybe even those lines for whatever reason work on paper, even though they sound like they don't, but like, you know, maybe there's just stuff that they're like, Oh, that's kind of dumb. Like, let, let's try something else. And maybe Kazan was like, at this point, it's like, you know, this would be my like fourth star Wars movie that I've written. And, uh, you know, you're going to you're going to do it to a T or something. I don't know how much sway or power he had. I don't know. I guess he was on set each day. I don't know. But like, um, you know, I could see them totally playing with stuff like that. Oh, and it would have been like you said, it would have been rightfully so if they did, because yeah, these yeah. lines are, are are rough and and it's yeah. too bad. I mean, just because like, you know, I'm, I mean, not to take away from Ron Howard, like you said, he's a craftsman, but. Phil Lord and Chris Miller's sort of like calling card as filmmakers have been taking on paper bad ideas and turning them yeah. into good movies. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so it's like that was kind of the biggest original interest in this movie. It was like, that sounds like a bad idea, but they're making it so maybe yeah. it'll and what they out. do is like deconstruct ideas, right? They like yes. you know, they totally deconstructed 21 Jump Street and and God, who like I couldn't imagine uh a film property that I could give a shit less about than the 21 jump street movie. And they managed to make deconstruct those movies and make them hilarious, like riffs, you know, like they're really funny. They're really good. They are in the um, Lego movie as well. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So, um, and, and, uh, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I certainly very curious to see what they could have done with their version. Um, and, and maybe like strip the movie of some of its more, um, obvious qualities. That would have been nice. Like, like it, this movie could have used a little bit more. It, like I said, I don't think it's tonally wrong for the tone they're setting, but it could have used to be like one way or the other. Like, it could have been a little bit more playful, or a little bit like a little bit more deviating from the formula, a little bit more um, trying to play with the tropes of Star Wars movies. Um, like that could have been a lot of fun. Or yeah, like, like throw them on their head, which it doesn't do at all. It's no. very like embracing the tropes of star Wars and, and um, there's very few twists or surprises on, on things like that. It's very, um, it's almost like reading like a bad star Wars novel about like, you know, what happened to Han and here's like, you know, the like fills in the beats of everything. It's just like, you know, no, I, I absolutely, or they could have done the other like kind of 
tonal direction and like really lean into this criminal underworld like really really like sell that tone like really make it feel like it's a doggy dog world and i think that's that's the biggest bummer to me and i think i've maybe already at the same time it. you know you know you could really lean into that but then you get a really dark grim movie and i think the humor that they could have brought um really could have been an interesting balance there where you've got this really cutthroat world and things are really grim and the cinematography in a way is very grim um and then but then you got this sort of like you know light humor to to contrast it which is sort of what this movie does but i didn't find this movie particularly funny and it was sold as like you know this movie's really funny we're doing a lot of jokes and yeah stuff like i heard about and, that <laughs> And and then when you know when that news came out, people were like, "Well, then why the hell did you fire Lord and Miller? Like, they're, like why is this movie funny then? Like, those guys are perfect at comedy. Why did you fire them?" And um, it's not really that funny. No, it really isn't. Like, like I, yearned... it's very, it's very earnest. That's that's the only like real like thing that makes me not like angry about this movie. I'm, I'm not. I think it's a not a good movie it doesn't make i guess it doesn't make me angry but like it mm-hmm. is so fucking earnest that it's like it, it makes it me feel bad for even like shitting on it in any capacity um because it is really earnest but it's just and and that's yeah. where it could have stood to have like to 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 have more like you know some more spice some more rough around the edges and, and be a little bit more reverent because like uh you know han solo is is that character and he's um yeah, it's early and whatever, you know, he's, he's, um, you know, he's a different person, I suppose, but yeah, it's just so, it's so earnest and it could have, it could have stood for, um, something much more, um, cheeky. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like even just like, I don't know, like, you know, he, he saves Chewbacca and stuff like that. And wouldn't have been kind of like more if, like funnier if he like, kind of like, sort of saved him accidentally and he's kind of like well if you you can come if you want i'm like out of here you know what i mean like not like like you know i can save you and we can we can do this together buddy you know like kind of wants to be his best friend from the jump rather than like you know yeah that could have been interesting i did think for a second and thank god it wasn't uh when those chains started to move i was like us at the fucking rancor because if it is i'm right <laughs> i'm, I'm out of here I'm, I'm getting out of here i'm like <laughs> let's burn let's slash the seats and get out of here yeah let's let's not do this um and then that was another uh which fortunately it wasn't but that was also another like dumb uh name nod uh when when he first asked him what his name is and he's like chewbacca he's like well i'm gonna need a i'm gonna have to call you something else because i'm not gonna say that every time and it's like oh really like i'm gonna i'll I'll call you chewy instead it's like fuck off you don't need that you (laughs) just call him chewy yeah it's it's like don't it's like a Star Just... Wars version of uh, it's like a Star Wars version of Walk Hard the Dewey Cox story where it's just like yeah. so broad in in the like references that it makes and it's yeah. just yeah frustrating that it's yeah it's really dumb he should have said what's your name Chewbacca he'd be like okay Chewie and like you know winks at him or something or or like you know and then maybe Chewbacca could like bark at him and be like you know asshole or something you know what I mean yeah but like. Uh, it, yeah, you don't need to like you know, the, the the dialogue in the script is pretty bad. It's really rough, and it's just like I know we already got the really earnest Star Wars movie. I'm not saying that they can't not be, but it's like we already got the Force Awakens. We already have the the movie that had like the the one foot in the past and the one foot looking forward. Um, and 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 I I like that movie personally. Like I I, I like that movie 
at least like it, it it was earnest but it also was like punctuated by like big emotional beats and like characters that we old characters we care about and new characters we come to care about and this one just kind of like throws a bunch of new characters at you but you just it doesn't really do the legwork to get you invested in their story yeah and you know even like something like rogue one which is like fairly earnest i feel like the droid in that is way funnier like well first of all i guess if you want to get back to that the phoebe waller bridge droid isn't like you know people were saying like she's the funniest droid i don't that droid's not funny like i'm not i'm not saying the droids have to be funny but like Mm -hmm. it was sold as like she's really funny she's not particularly funny um the droid in in uh in rogue one is immensely better and and far funnier and uh, I think in some ways Rogue One is, is a funnier movie. And when it's more earnest, it works more because there's much more at stake in that movie. Well, and so it's it, sort of... it, it earns the fact that it's earnest because, you know, it's like everything's at stake. Everything's at, at stake in that movie, right? Yes. Well, that's the thing is like there's so much like dire and darkness and then like the humor punctuates it like just a little yeah. bit. And it's it's the same. We talked about that with Infinity War where it's like the stakes are incredibly high. And but that also might be like the funniest Marvel movie because it's right. just done in the right situation and therefore it yeah. elevates the the line. And yes, I agree. I think Alan Tudyuk's droid is funnier than Phoebe Waller Bridge. Like like I said, I I know I said, but there like I said, there was a sense of spontaneity and also nothing's at stake in this movie. So it's just another character with a lot of like throwaway lines. Um, but there were That's some stuff that yeah. I thought was at least interesting. Like, I, I was interested in this idea of, like, droid liberation. There's uh, certainly some great texture to her character, for yes. sure. And the idea of, like, inner, inner species or inner droid uh, mating uh, that is hinted at uh, between yeah. humans and droid. That I, that was, to me, you may not have found that. That's funny. Point. Yeah, that, that, that was that, funny. That stuff's, like, pretty good and pretty interesting. And, and the whole idea of, like, equal rights and and well i mean i think i like that stuff on paper because it fits into the theme like in my review like i think that's one of the things that i really at least admire about this movie is that a lot of it is about you know um free will and autonomy right yeah. it's about like because because han solo comes from indentured servitude and it, it kind of looks like the entire galaxy is like that and in the way it's really really corrupt right You've got like the empire taking control of shit, and then while they're doing their sort of thing of like you know, like owning, you know, planets and 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 political realms, you got this the crime thing underneath that's like working the system. You know what I mean? And um, so everybody's a slave to someone. Everybody's in service to someone. And so like the the Phoebe Waller Bridge stuff about her droid, and and I think that stuff works really really perfectly with the theme. I just don't. I, I don't know. I just didn't really. Um, I, I don't know. I just wasn't really didn't super care for that character that much, even though I appreciated all that texture. Um, and I just didn't buy the whole like, you know, Lando is not really um, a very well fleshed out character in this movie. He's just kind of a um, a riff on the original Lando character. But if there's any heart and soul to this to that character, it's about his um, uh, affection and, and feelings for this droid. And that to me, like, you know, I'm willing to let, you know, and you want to do different things with characters. I get that. You don't want to have them like chiseled in stone, but 
that just doesn't feel like Lando Calrissian to me, like this character who like really, really cares for like this droid. Like Lando feels like a character to me that like that like when a droid says something to him, like he's like, Yeah, 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 get away. Like like the way he treats C three PO and in in uh, Empire when C three PO introduces him, he's like, Yeah, whatever and he walks away. That to me is 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 like the way Lando would be with droids in general. And this sort of he's got this very like the droid is his best friend in that movie. Mm-hmm. And I I was just like, this is very odd. It just doesn't feel quite right to me. Sure, I, I could say that. I guess for me it just fit into the not flushing everybody out in this movie. So it didn't it didn't bother me so much. Yeah, I suppose it just... <laughs> I suppose it's it's I guess if we want to look at it, it might be the one kind of character surprise. You know, or Maybe. something different. Maybe something different. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, and one could argue, and it's something I wanted to write in my review. It's like there's, is in a way, one could say like there's no pleasing Star Wars fans, and I mean that sometimes directly about myself. It's like you know, I want something different, but when it's different, it's too different. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I like that. And then if it's too familiar, I'm like, oh, it's too familiar. And so it's like, is that me? Is that just me, or is that a lot of people? Is that all Star Wars fans? Is that just fans in general? Like, I don't know. But, like, I I feel like, like Star Wars does this, like, vacillates between this, like, really, like, pushing things too far in a direction that I don't recognize or in a way that I just don't jive. Like, I'm not a big fan of Last Jedi, like, as we know. And, and, and but this is just, like, the, uh, the exact opposite. And it's just, like, way too comfort, co- comfort you know? Totally. Well, like, I, I guess, I guess the best way to break it down is, like, I, I agree with your sentiment where it just doesn't seem like there is pleasing Star Wars fans. Maybe you're, and maybe you're talking about yourself or I'm talking about yeah. myself, but I guess for me, it just comes down to like, I just want a good movie. That's really, yeah, what, that's yeah, really yeah, what it comes that's down true, to. That's true. It's true. Yeah, no, it's, it's really true. It's like, like uh, you can sell me on. Yeah. I mean, that's true. It's like, you can sell me on anything really. You just got to do it right. Yeah. And you got to put a good familiar, movie. subversive, whatever the case may that's be. That's right. You're right. You're and, totally and, right. And I've been, I have enjoyed every of this new era of Star Wars movie thus far for me personally, except for this one. This is the only one. And, and I've actually enjoyed, I think I mentioned this in our last Jedi one where I've enjoyed them incrementally more. Like I liked Rogue One better than Force Awakens and Last Jedi better than Rogue One. And then this one is just kind of a kind of a dip. I wouldn't I'm not knocking this movie because it's familiar. Um, I, I'm I'm knocking it because I don't think it's a very engaging story. Um, yeah, you and, know and, what? At the end of the day, you're totally right. That's it, it, that is its biggest problem. It's big. It's its biggest problem is not that it is familiar. It's just that it's it's not that good. Yeah, that's really that's all it comes down to. Is like this movie could. I mean, F- Force Awakens is is New Hope 2.0, and like we've said it, everyone said it at this point. And I still very like that movie. I don't care that it's familiar. I think it's a good movie. And so that's just what it comes down to this movie for you and I, we're just like, it's not a very good movie. Um, So I I, I think it's, yes, I agree. There's going to be Star Wars fans. You're going to hear people being like, well, this shouldn't be canon. You're going to hear those type of arguments, whatever. (laughs) It'll be interesting. I'm very curious to see the people who are alienated by the last Jedi, how they feel about this, because you know, one could say, um, although the timelines don't match up because they were done in, in, you know, kind of almost a, you know, it's not like the reaction. You know, the Last Jedi just came out. It was only five months old, I think, right? It yeah, came out it came in out December. December. Yep. So it's not like it's not like um, 
it's not like you can go, oh, well, we're going to course correct and make, you know, a solo much like actively um, familiar. You can't do that because it was way shot and it was written a long, long time ago. So, it, it, you know, it's not like it was a direct response to Last Jedi. No. It, the, those timelines don't mix. It couldn't be that at all. But I'm, I'm curious as to what fans really alienated by, by Last Jedi feel about how – you know, if if Last Jedi was way too out there, um, uh, will will they take to this because it's so much more, you know, f- uh, familiar of the Star Wars milieu and, and and the feeling and tone and all that stuff? Um, it's interesting. I'm not sure we've mentioned it because you know we talked about Last Jedi way back when, but I've revisited Last Jedi and 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 I like it. I I really like it even less. Like I just don't. Oh, and it's not really about. Me. <laughs> surprises or anything like that. I just don't think that's a very good movie. And I think it is interminable. It is so long and goes on forever. That's, I, you know, and that's fair. That's fair. I, I, I haven't revisited it since the theater. I saw, I did see it twice in the theater. Um, that seems to be my star Wars ritual around Christmas time. I go once for the mm. press screening and then I yeah. go, and then I go once with my family. Um, but I liked it. Uh, I actually liked it more the second time. I, I, um, I don't know if um, the only thing I really don't gel with that movie, and it was the same thing in the first uh, time we discussed, was like is the humor in that movie um, is still pretty rough. I, and maybe I was numb to it the second time uh, or didn't notice as much. But like that's really the only thing that doesn't land for me in that movie. But like everything else, like thematically. Um, I know, I know. We talked ad nauseum about it, and I know you're like, I like all this in theory, but on in practice, it doesn't quite work. But I, I yeah, still... yeah, that's the same thing that happened to me. Like, I, I really appreciate the movie thematically, but, um, like the only thing I really liked in it is the Ray and uh, uh, um, Adam Driver, uh, Kylo Ren stuff when they're together, um, and that that's the the most interesting thing in the movie especially when you know when he's sort of like you know that he's really talking about the theme of like you know burn it all down let this all go let's just drop all this shit you know mm-hmm. um that's really interesting but i just recently revisited jedi and i did so with the like i i was just convinced that like you know i just missed the boat in this movie for the first time it was too out there for me and it sort of tested the boundaries of what Star Wars meant to me, and and it, um, uh, it I I don't know I I'm I was totally wrong, and I'm going to watch it again and, and with a totally new eyes and a new lens and a new lens, and I'm I'm sure I was absolutely wrong when I first saw it, and I rewatched it again. And I was like, nope. <laughs> I was like, I feel exactly like I did the first time, and um, you went against your you know, rule. You usually don't. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> and 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 there's. I don't want to get into it because it was a get off topic, but I'll just say this. It's like things that I had a big problem with, like the humor didn't even bother me this time. I'm like over it. I don't mm. think the humor is that's, I didn't think it was so bad. And if there's anything that felt like super jarring or I couldn't like, this isn't star Wars. Didn't feel like that either. I just didn't, it didn't do anything for me. That's fair. That That's how I feel largely about the, the movie we're discussing. <laughs> it yeah, just, yeah. Just, just did nothing for me. Well, it feels like we're since we're getting off on a tangent, we're probably starting to wrap this up. Should should we address the Sith in the room? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. The the ending of this movie is, um, yeah. You should you talked about something you should mention again because it's like uh, I think a lot of people are going to either be uh, like first of all, even understanding the the backstory, I find this ending perplexing. I, I find um, I find it's it's. I think some fans are gonna fucking hate it. I think some fans are gonna be very confused by it. And it's just a cameo, but at the same time, it's it is the ending of the movie. And in, I feel like, in a way, um, and I couldn't really write this because I didn't want to like to 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 reveal too much. But I feel like it kind of taints. I mean, again, not a great movie overall, but I think it really taints the movie at the end and sort of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Like, um, uh, I wasn't uh, a a fan of of that at all. And uh, yeah. Um, well, I, briefly, I'll say, I don't think it, it ta- didn't taint it for me because I was, again, I just didn't care at that point that it was right. just like, sure, sure. That's fine. <laughs> this is fine. I don't care. Right. But, um, we mentioned this off mic, so I'll, I'll relay, uh, what I was going to say. Um, I should mention, um, you know, I, I like star Wars. It's, it, it does mean quite a bit to me, but I don't follow this series outside of the movies i i've never watched the clone wars or the I've, books or, or the, the comics books or the comics yeah. or star wars rebels or any of that i've never never watched any of that um and yet because i do have friends who have i was not as perplexed at what happened with this character and we're not going to beat around the bush we're in spoilers i'm just going to say it it's darth maul shows up in this movie with robotic legs now this is a reference and you can correct me if i'm wrong this is a reference to star wars rebels correct or mm, yes and no okay. um in in some ways in some ways no because it takes place much more before the events of star wars rebels oh it does okay uh or yeah. maybe it was clone wars i don't I, I feel like somebody told me in something that that darth in some either book comic or television show that darth maul had survived and had robotic legs which we see him in a hologram with this movie uh kira is talking to him we assume that that's who kira's uh paul bettany's character answers to right uh, because some like that's what uh, in some way is interesting because again this movie is all about like everybody answers to someone everyone serves someone right like there's always someone bigger than you that you have to that, that you're indebted to you know so that fits um it's it, like thematically that all totally works it's just to me like a baffling choice of a character to include in there oh totally and 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 i i know you wanted me to mention it so i i think the the most important thing to say is like you know i i only know this because of friends geekier than i there's gonna be plenty yeah. of people who go see this movie who are like me not followed any like expanded universe or any of that right. stuff and who are gonna see that character pop up and go yeah what the fuck like didn't didn't he get chopped in half yeah <laughs> didn't he die like in the phantom menace which is like even if you don't have um a great understanding of timelines with star wars that's almost like like 30 years ago or more you know at least I mean, there, there's a decade between phantom menace and attack of the clones so it's like there, there's an automatic 10-year gap there um yeah. so and then you add however many 20 30 years um yeah to that like yeah it's it's a long time it's a long time yeah and it's people i think i mean depending on how you feel like right maybe some people go like oh my god wow darth maul is alive 
Um, that's neat. And then some people are going to be like, what the fuck? This character's dead. How the hell? You know what I mean? Like, that's how I would have felt had I not known. Knowing the whole thing because um, I don't actually know where in the timelines. I think it's actually introduced in the comic books and books first, I oh, think. Okay. But he did not die. He, um, I didn't even notice the robotic legs in the hologram. I, Yep, he's got, I, uh, he's got robotic legs in the in the hologram. Really? Yep. I mean, I I, w- I would say go back and look, but don't because yeah. <laughs> that would require well, watching the movie again. Maybe look for yeah. like the screen grab or or YouTube or something like when that clip eventually is available. Um, but yeah, look closely. He's got uh he's got a robotic. I mean, they they maybe don't show down to his legs, but at least down to like his thigh area, and he's got a robotic uh bottom section. Interesting. I, I didn't. Um, I, I didn't notice that. It's. It's a little bit dumb that Darth Maul ever survived and came back, regardless. Um, uh, but having watched Star Wars Rebels, at least you, um, he's in that, and he's he's pretty good. So you sort of like, um, I don't know. You kind of just go with it, uh, you know, in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's sort of by then at that point, large established as, as, um, he's, I mean, he's been around for a long, long time at that point, even though he just sort of pops out of nowhere in star Wars rebels. Um, but it's like, why is, I don't, I don't, what is the, what is the game plan there? I do not get that. Um, uh, I, so you introduce him in this movie. Are you going to, like, what's your end game here? Because um, Darth Maul's story, um, the, the the end of his story, the his fate is all revealed in Star Wars Rebels. It's and it's very well detailed. Um, you know, uh, all that stuff. His his main motivation in life, um, which I don't even want to get into because that's a big spoiler. And I think you should watch Star Wars Rebels at some point. Okay. Um, but all that stuff is is dealt with. And so, again, there's an inevitability there. I don't. It's like, are you gonna? Is he gonna be in the next solo movie? Like, how does a Sith character have to do with any of this? Um, You know what I mean? It's just weird. Like, this is sort of a non-Jedi kind of thing. Um, So, in some ways, I'm just thinking, is that really well thought out? Like, what are you, what are you trying to do here? And like, where, like, you know, if you're smart, like Marvel, in the way that we're telling serialized story things have impact, right? It's not just an Easter egg. It's something that's like you're sowing the seeds for something else. And I do not know what that is. The only thing that I can possibly think of is like, oh, you know, this is setting them up for what's the most, what's the most logical thing that, that would take place here. And it would be the Obi-Wan movie, right? It's like, but without getting into too many spoilers, that's addressed in Star Wars Rebels. And in a way, that's pretty finite in timelines that it wouldn't make sense for, because uh, we're going to be seeing a younger Obi-Wan, right? We're going to be seeing a, an Obi-Wan who lives on Tatooine. He's the hermit that people talk about, right? He's the, you know, I just watched New Hope. They call him the strange hermit who lives in the, the, the Junlin wastelands or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. And he's basically lived on Tatooine for 20 years, just overlooking Luke Skywalker, making sure nobody fucks with him, right? Right. Um, yeah. And and without spoiling anything, it doesn't make sense in that timeline for Darth Maul to appear 
um, uh, to Obi-Wan and, um, and, and appear there. So I just don't know like what you're doing here. Like it just, none of it. Yeah. And I'm getting really geeky here, but at the same time, just I, even without that, I'm like, what are you doing here? I don't get it. Yeah. I don't well, and, and Obi-Wan's see how... been on Tatooine since he dropped Luke off. Like, like as much yeah. as people don't want to, like if, you, if you're going to count the prequels as canon, that happens at the end of Revenge of the Sith. He goes and drops Luke off with Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru, assuming that he yeah. just stayed there. So that would be... I mean, it's I, not I, like he couldn't leave. I mean, that's what will be interesting about that movie, like to see... Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like he has to like stay put for like. That's the inter- the th- thing about Star Wars too that you start to realize in these things. It's like, it's not difficult to get on a ship, go into light speed, go into hyperspace, go to a planet like pretty far away and get back within. You know, I mean, they do that in Last Jedi. Yeah, know? it's like, true. They do it you, multiple, you can, multiple times. <laughs> you can. It's not that difficult to get on a ship, go halfway across the galaxy, and be back within a number of hours. That's true. You know? That's true. I guess that he can't, couldn't, couldn't. Leave, Regardless but... of that, it, it, uh, I don't know. I was perplexed by it. I was like, I knew that dark, that Maul was alive and I still thought it was pretty stupid. I, I, I was like, I don't, I, I don't understand what your end game is here. Um, because you know, you're trying to expand the universe and you're trying to set up things. I mean, I, the worst it could possibly be would be just the like, well, we're going to mention him just to mention him. You know what I mean? Like, right. or just show him just to show him. And it's just like fan service that doesn't go anywhere. Like that's the worst kind of fan service, right? Yeah, exactly. Cause it's not just an Easter egg at that point. Like it's a full blown like, cameo. And that would be again, why it, it would just, if, if there's no reason, if it's not going to go anywhere. Um, and, and yeah, I know you're tiptoeing around like plot points of star wars rebels so um you know if, if i'm saying something that seems obvious like forgive me no but... <laughs> no no not at all not at all i mean there's a, the only thing there's one thing that ties into rebels more which won't make much sense to you or probably any listeners but there's these things that are introduced in star wars rebels and they're called um jedi holocrons um and they're sort of like they're kind of talismans it just I think that's the kind of the best way to, to put them. Um, they're these kind of talismans, and uh, I didn't see it, but a friend of mine said that in Dryden Voss, the Paul Bettany character, in his lair there is a Jedi holocron in that lair, and that's something that um, uh, that uh, uh, Maul like vehemently covets. So that might be. That's where it it might tie to Star Wars Rebels, but um, it's still like it, it's not a one to one thing. Like uh, even like the end of Solo, you know, the end of this movie and the beginning of Star Wars Rebels is probably still like I think there's probably a good still like ten years between them, if not more. Um, so I don't. I, I don't I still even knowing all that stuff I still don't understand what they're trying to do I have no clue I'll, I just know they're trying to build to more because the story is not complete um, I would say it's going to show up in the Star Wars uh, TV show somewhere but that's set after Return of the Jedi 
So like yeah. way later. So and I that don't doesn't think make that's sense in happen. that time. No, it has as you know, it doesn't have anything to do with any of that. But um I guess the question too, like you know, while we're at it, um, you know, I know we usually talk like box office statistics as well, like mm. um which I was gonna tie into what I was just gonna say. Like do 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 we think there will be another one of these? I mean, I guess it's gonna depend on how much money it makes. Yeah. But um I know it's Well certainly this is probably the first Star Wars movie that's not making a billion dollars. I I agree with that entirely. And, but um you know, it was tracking what 170 million Memorial Day opening, four day Memorial it is Day weekend. Tracking very, very high. I'll be really curious. I'm not I'm not saying that the tracking's wrong or anything like that, but I guess like I'll be curious what people's reception to this movie is, number one. And number mm-hmm. two, and maybe you could speak to this because you've seen this movie and I haven't, but like, who's going to hurt who more? Is Deadpool 2 going to hurt this movie more or is this movie going to hurt Deadpool 2 more? That's the question that I, I'm curious I, I, about. Yeah, I got I to gotta assume Deadpool is going to hurt Solo more. And I would, I don't, I, you know, it's sort of a, a nebulous thing, like how much do these things really matter? And maybe they do matter a lot, but... I'm going to be assuming that the Deadpool Rotten Tomatoes score is a lot higher than the, the solo uh, uh, Rotten Tomatoes score. I, uh, yeah, I, mean, I have it pulled up right now. We could, oh, you do? Cool. Could, what, what is it? Deadpool 2 is currently at 86. Solo at... That's exactly seven, where I... What? 70 what? 73. Yeah, um, that's that's kind of exactly what I assumed. I knew that Deadpool was going to be high 80s. And uh, I would not be surprised if Solo drops a little bit more, too. Me, too. I, I said sort of in my uh, like little letter, letterbox write-up earlier that I said that the goal, when everything kind of went south on the production of Solo, I feel like the goal was not to necessarily make a very good movie, just but to make a movie competent enough that it avoids a green splat on Rotten Tomatoes. And I think, I think it's just competent enough that it, mm-hmm. there will be plenty of people to just give it a pass. Um, but, like... But in this day and age, I mean, I don't like to look at Rotten Tomatoes as an end-all, be-all, but in this day and age, like, where there's so much yeah, competition. Yeah, it is important to a lot of people, yeah. It is, you know, it's important to a lot of people, and with so much competition, is just passable enough, even with Star Wars muscle behind it. Like, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious about that. I just, I, I I'm. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's going to be really, really interesting to see this one, because, you know, you've got what's the lowest uh, grossing Star Wars film of this era? It's Rogue One, right? And it's like one point one billion or something. Yeah, worldwide <laughs> with a with a five hundred uh, something domestic. Um, yeah, and I just don't. Well, I don't see Solo uh, doing a billion. That's worldwide. That's for sure. Um, this movie might gross over four hundred million domestically, maybe. Uh, depending how front loaded it is and what people think. Um, yeah, this kind of, this one potentially is going to be a lot lower. I'm thinking something like that might do like 600, 700 million worldwide. I, I think that's a good ballpark. Yeah. Rogue one did a uh, little over a billion worldwide. Uh, Last Jedi did 1.3. And then I think force awakens was 2 billion. Um, and it's <laughs> yeah. not not gonna touch that in any. <laughs> very few things no. are gonna touch that. So, yeah, I'll be curious. And and yeah, that just that fierce competition with Deadpool two. And then I don't know what's. Yeah, I mean, you 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 look at a movie that has like an okay 
decent Rotten Tomato score that could get worse. You got a cast that nobody knows, although that didn't really hurt Rogue One. But I think the Star Wars fatigue is starting to head hit in a little bit mm-hmm. um, with uh, audiences. And I, I think I've said this before a little bit. I think the you know superhero fatigue and all that stuff is a little bit of a a misnomer or a bit of a myth because it's not about that people are tired about these movies. People just don't like them when they're not good. You yep. know, like it's not that it's like if there's if there was real superhero fatigue, people wouldn't go see these movies. But the Marvel movies, like you know, people say, like Marvel movies don't. They've somehow overcome superhero fatigue. No, they haven't. They just—they're just good, you know. Or like they're good enough for audiences. The audiences really enjoy them and really like them. When Marvel movies start to become mediocre, then fatigue is going to set in because it's not necessarily fatigue. It's just that audiences just don't, you know. It's like eh, it's not that good. You start to lose your enthusiasm for the brand, and I think that's already starting to happen with Star Wars. Even though, in some ways, to even say that's a little bit ridiculous because every one of these movies has made a billion more than a billion dollars so far mm-hmm. but um it does feel like um and maybe that's because we're just so dialed into film twitter and that conversation it does feel like um that that people are start that star wars is starting to wane a little bit and people are starting to become disenfranchised with it and maybe that's because such a like you know this sort of um really loud kind of backlash to last jedi it's funny you know like we we talk about last jedi as being this very polarizing film but you know it made 1.3 billion how polarizing could it be it's only polarizing amongst like star wars fans or air quote fans it's the backlash to that movie is like i hate it that it exists i hate to go off on a tangent i hate that that backlash exists because i feel like it 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 invalidates like legitimate credit like legitimate criticism that you have about the movie like actual thoughtful dissection as to what doesn't work in this movie for you mm-hmm. and then there's that but uh, which is which is great and then but then there's a bunch of backlash mostly from people who are just mad that their fan theories were incorrect <laughs> like the people who obsess about these movies and every single nook and cranny of what things could mean like oh race parents or this or whatever and the movie's just like nope giving you the middle finger like like and people were just i think that's the really the only backlash for that movie and it's silly <laughs> it's just silly. yeah and, and and i think you know i think it's like everything you know these things get a lot of traction and get a lot of attention but i think they're pretty small voices overall you they know? are and they just they they happen to like get into our vacuum like you already mentioned film twitter like mm-hmm. it, it's it tends to like seep in there but like i mean it's a it's a big world it's like it ha- more of the world doesn't give a crap about any of that than than do um so it's just it's just kind of a non non-existent thing so it's hard to say like like you know i i, w- I want to you know it, i can't confidently say that star wars fatigue is setting in for people because yeah the only it's, people just, it's who, really hard to tell yeah right? it's because hard to it's tell because like... the only people who've seen it at this point were people at can or press who have seen it like no public has seen this movie yet so yeah like... yeah and and, and it, it, it is a bit of a you know i i, I said it, i call myself out a bit it's a little bit ridiculous to say there's fatigue around a franchise that we're like none of the films have made less than a billion dollars you know yeah, exactly but uh, but at the same time it just does kind of feel like I, I just don't see this movie being as big i just don't 
see people as being as enthusiastic about it, even though, you know, people do seem to like it. But I think there's a, I mean, God, even listen to me, I feel like, I'm like, I feel like my whole, this whole podcast is me saying how half-heartedly I like it. (laughs) No, absolutely. And I think this is going to be like a pretty big, like, maybe not big, but it's going to be kind of a make or break for Lucasfilm. I mean, it's not going to, it's not going to hurt them. Like, like the movies is going to make enough money. It's not going to be a flop, but they're going to reassess. They're going to assess how much it makes and they're going to assess the reception in the movie and figure out what they want to do going forward. Um, because we, we have that Obi-Wan Kenobi movie has been talked about, but it has not officially been given the green light. Um, none, no, none of these like star Wars stories have been given the green light outside of this movie. Like episode nine has whatever Ryan Johnson's doing has been given the green light. Um, but they haven't announced anything else because I'm sure they're waiting to kind of see how this movie does. Yeah. Um, oh, while, while we're here, um, Cause I can't, I, I'll just drop my, my two little things. Cause you know, sometimes you don't want to, uh, you, you don't want to write it in print because it's like, you know, it could be wrong, but there's two things I've heard about the Obi-Wan movie that I've never written anywhere because it's, I, I can't, I can't, uh, they're, I guess unsubstantiated right now. I can't know that, but I've heard that the two things I've heard is, and again, it could be totally false, could be totally wrong. But I heard from someone I know who works through Disney um, uh, that um, that the Obi Wan movie is going to be saved for um, the Disney streaming channel. It's it's going to be their first uh, big movie for that. Um, their their version of Netflix or whatever. Um, I don't know if I buy that, but I've heard it. Um, and that Stephen Daldry is not going to be directing it. Oh, that that second uh, one I, seems pretty like. I think you and I, we talked about that on a previous episode and you and I were kind of like, wait, really? Stephen Daldry? Uh, not, you know, that, I, that's not surprising to me, but the, um, the first one, that's interesting. If that ends up being, yeah, true. I, I, I don't, I, you know, who knows? I, it's what I heard. I don't, I, I even, I, I'm a little bit skeptical about the first part of it. Yeah. Um, but we'll see, I guess. But I mean, again, like, you know, people are talking about like, oh, it's shooting next year and all this stuff. It's like they haven't officially announced anything. So we don't really know anything yet. Yeah. No, like I said, they haven't announced they haven't announced any of these side quest stories really uh, outside of this one. Um, I'll be curious to see how it does, because I'll be curious to be like if they if they think the reception is warm enough, both critically and financially to do another Han Solo movie like to make mm. this because I know they've talked about this being a franchise um I've read that somewhere right I'm not crazy that's, that's no something. no no I mean okay. I think I think that's I think and, and also I don't think that's too much of a stretch right I mean if this movie made billions and billions of dollars I they would absolutely leave uh do sequels and make it into a franchise because that's what they do um and um I, I just don't I, don't I don't think that's gonna happen with that but they certainly set it up for for uh for another one right like i mean oh, there's yeah. certainly the adventure can continue um i also have heard that they are going back to the to the um boba fett movie oh is that still still a thing <laughs> they're still um, uh, trying to make that yeah apparently it's circling back and um and it's something that could happen in you know like 2020 or something i guess that would be the earliest that we would probably see obi-wan as well because 2019 is um, episode nine, 
Um, but yeah, I heard that. And, and, um, uh, that's interesting because that's Simon Kinberg. He's the gun. He was the guy who was writing and, and, uh, shepherding the Boba Fett project. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I have a lot of problems with Simon Kinberg. I, I don't really have an opinion one way or the other, mainly because he's really only produced. Has he directed anything? Um, he's directed the upcoming X-Men movies. Um, and uh, Dark he Phoenix, pro- right? Yes. And he uh, he's directing another movie, that movie that just sold to in Cannes for millions of dollars with Jessica Chastain. It's a spy movie with Jessica Chastain. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Marion Cotillard. And Penelope Cruz and Lupita Nyong'o, um, and one other woman who I, I don't remember her name, uh, but he's going to be directing that. And I, I also just feel like most of the stuff he's done in the X Men films has been pretty poor. I feel like the X Men franchise that he's the owner of has been floundering. He produced, uh, you know, he's been overseeing all this stuff. He's the he's kind of the Kevin Feige of the X Men world. No, I and know that. And that includes the Fantastic Four, which sucked, and he produced as well. Um, I agree, but honestly, I mean, I'm you not don't gonna, care. <laughs> I, well, I don't care all that much. But okay, not. here's how this all ties back, because people forget this. That okay, so this is where Simon Kinberg all factors in. Is that not only was he, um, not only was he the one writing and pitching and trying to like produce and put the the Bobby one, the Boba Fett, the Bobby one, Bobby the Boba Fett, the, the Boba, Boba Fett movie together. He was part of the original when Disney bought Lucasfilm. Um, there was like a you know like a, a story group that came together, mm-hmm. um, and and you know people who um, you know it was Kasdan, him, a lot of the the, the 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 Star Wars story group that is now, and he was like there in the very very beginning when they were pitching a lot of stories. I think people forget that. Mm-hmm. The other thing that people don't realize and forget. Is that he is one of the co-creators and original one one of the original co-creators. I think he's got the second credit or maybe even first credit on Star Wars Rebels. So he like created that universe. He's not a, he wasn't by the time um, Star Wars Rebels ended, he wasn't really a part of it anymore. It became Dave Filoni's baby, mm-hmm. um, but he's really instrumental in that. So you know everyone thinks of Simon Kinberg as an X Men guy, but he's got a lot of connections to Lucasfilm and the Star Wars universe. So I would not be surprised if this circles back, but I wouldn't be surprised if Boba Fett circles back without him because he's so busy with X-Men now and that's consumed his life. Although, again, he's going to be directing that other movie because I don't know how long, how much he's going to be involved in Boba Fett. But it's interesting that how much Simon Kinberg is, is, um, is part of the, the Lucasfilm world but not really recognized as such. That's interesting because I, I... – did not know any of that until yeah. just now. So it uh, took me a while to clue into all that stuff. And, and I'm, we're wrapping up here probably, but I'm going to give out my shout out to star Wars rebels, which is, I love, it's one of my favorite star Wars things. I only discovered it this year. Um, I highly recommend you watch it. I highly recommend everybody watch it. Um, it's a great, um, it really fleshes out the universe. It's a, it's a really sort of integral part to star Wars. And uh, it's really enjoyable. It's like it rank it really, really high up there in um, uh, Star Wars stuff. I after being disappointed by Last Jedi, I, I dove into Star Wars Rebels, and I like Star Wars Rebels better than Last Jedi. <laughs> well, I mean that's a pretty, I mean that's a high mark. Um, 
So I'll, I'll, I'll check it out at some point. And it's an animated show for kids. And it's on some levels, it's a kid show. And on some levels, uh, it doesn't matter. And it's really good. Okay. That's, I mean, that's yeah. enough recommendation for me. So yeah, for, for those, if you're still listening to the episode at this point, <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that's gone on for somehow even longer than the, the four hour Avengers episode or however long that was. That was very long. We might, we might trim some of this down, but yeah, if you're still listening, <laughs> check out star Wars rebels. I'll certainly check it out at some point. Um, but if I you, think... if you ever watch it, then, then, then we'll pod about, we'll do like an anniversary at some point and, and pod about star Wars rebels. Totally. Or, or we could do it like, uh, like right before whatever the next star Wars movie is, which would be next year. But, um, I don't know. Maybe we could do it yeah. earlier time for sure. Um, well, cool. I think we're at a good spot to wrap this. We're all soloed out. <laughs> we're, 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 all... we're soloed out at this point. So, uh, thanks for chatting with me about it. Th- thanks for helping me unpack this movie. Cause, uh, um, I started hearing the, like, I, I hate to, I hate to respond to people's response, but when I left the yes. movie, I was just like, I'm not the only really? one, right? Like, like, right. like so it, it was reassuring to know, but if you enjoyed it to those listening, like no ill will, I'm glad you had fun. I'm glad you had fun. I just, I just just did not <laughs> i mean hey it's a very relative and very tempered fun you know uh sure. this whole conversation is making me realize that like maybe i was a little bit too generous to um the movie a little bit on some levels i still kind of really enjoyed it and i kind of want to see it again on some levels because i want to look at more sort of the nooks and crannies and, and easter eggs and stuff and at the same time i was like uh yeah you know like i, I don't know it's not it's missing that it's it's really interesting in that it like the you know the sort of the tone the production like the the production values and stuff like that it just really really nails star wars and then at some and at the same point it like it's just missing that spark that makes star wars special i think that's as good a spot to end because i i 100% agree that's really what's missing is the movie like the ingredients are there just something is not quite right. <laughs>